in Chicago uh, right now, and especially actually uh, running through the last 10 years, is that we've had this whole renaissance of technology and startups and investment in this city. Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine Ecommerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake Perrier with Engine Commerce here back for another episode of our Content Plus Commerce Podcast. Today, I've got John Osler with 8-Bit Studios here. How are you today? Yeah, great. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, things are doing good. We're coming back off of a long Labor Day weekend, so uh, it's getting back into gear and starting the morning off right with a good podcast recording. Sounds awesome. Perfect. So let's get into format here and tell me a little about your agency, maybe some backstory on how you founded it and how you guys got to where you are today. Yeah, so 8 Studios has been around for 10 years now, um, which is kind of nice the, the whole we passed all those. Um, all the business books warn you about the two-year and five-year, and now we're at the ten-year mark. So, um, you know, well, hopefully that means something anyway. Something meaningful happened. Yeah, um, some good signs. Totally. So we're we're based in downtown Chicago. Um, we've we established here, and we've been here the whole time. Uh, and what's really cool about being in Chicago uh, right now, and especially actually uh, running through the last ten years, is that. We've had this whole renaissance of technology and startups and investment in the city, which I think for a lot of people outside of Chicago, just assume that that is all always happening, that there's new money coming into technology and things like that. But really, it's it's had its resurgence in the past 10 years uh, with the start of 1871, which is a, a larger incubator. So we, we started our, our company during the recession, as you do. And uh, we started originally in product work. We were actually a publishing group for creating kind of digital properties, working with marketing firms and, and creating products. And that, after a couple of years, evolved really quickly into being a, an agency, a, a full-service agency. So 8-Bit really specializes in um, mobile apps and websites, that kind, those kinds of digital properties. Um, and we, we go the full life cycle. So uh, big companies, startups and things come to us in the early stages doing strategy, whether that's a new project or a completely new uh, concept. And we take them through that, through research, through um, in some some cases brand strategy and developing a brand. And then we build out their entire um, product, whether that's uh, two mobile apps and a website or that's a, um, an all backend platform that connects into other third party services. We, we kind of run the gamut. That's fantastic. It's it's rare in this day and age to see kind of a a full service agency. Uh, a lot of times you see like yeah, we specialize in dev work or we're just design. So do you guys think like do you use that to your advantage? I mean, talk to me a little bit about like how you kind of play off of that. Yeah. So I've got two co-founders, Don Bora and Steve Palchek, and I come more from the uh, experience UX and UI side, and and Don runs technology and comes from uh, has a deep technical background. And Steve uh, was an executional designer and uh, uh, creative director at a few larger agencies in town. So each each one of us are bringing kind of one of the legs to the stool to the table. And one of the things we wanted to do uh, with creating this agency is is remove those um, barriers that exist between teams. And so for people outside of the agency world, it's the case that even if you go to Leo Burnett or, or one of these larger groups that um, have a very proven track record, it's often the case that a great 
user experience design group and a technology group, if, if you've got these different groups internally in those organizations, oftentimes there are these kind of hurdles internally with how work moves from team to team. And so that's, that's one of the things we wanted to remove is by basically each representing one of the groups, we didn't have one group always dominate. So we weren't a development company who did some design or a, uh, you know, a research UX group that did some tech. We, we really tried to approach it from all three legs are in every discussion. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's like a holistic approach where yeah. by tearing down those barriers, you're going to create and end up with a better product in the end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've, I mean, we've had a lot of success in just, you know, really focusing on that part of the process. And I think that for most of our clients, they really feel like they're getting really great value because you don't have one team always kind of winning the uh, the discussion, which oftentimes happens at, at either smaller agencies or, you know, really big ones that have really smart individualized teams. Yeah, definitely. So another thing I always love to talk about on uh, the Content Plus Commerce podcast is tools, kind of go-to tools and the stuff that you like equip your team with. So I know coming from a, from a UI UX background, there's been a surge of new kind of collaboration tools lately, stuff like Figma, Sketch. Uh, talk to me about kind of what's in your tool belt. Yeah, so the team is a, our, our UXD team, which is, is, is two small groups. Um, they've completely switched over to Figma. Um, and this is after, uh, I think two years ago, give or take, there was a big switch from um, Adobe Creative Suite over to Sketch, and everyone was loving that, and then this, the Sketch integration with Envision, and that was fantastic, and Zeppelin, and, and now, yeah, from the standpoint of a um, someone on the UX research side and someone from the product design side, both being able to be in a file at the same time, that's been a game changer for us. Um, so we're pretty hardcore Figma on that side. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Engine is as well. Figma and now like the Figma plugin uh, like framework has kind of yeah. revolutionized uh, the way we build stuff. Yeah, and for and for those people not familiar with some of these tools, I mean they are new, but one of the the benefits to them is that um, for you know the big trend right now is to create really good design systems, and it's it's not a new concept, but it's something that I think brands are disciplining themselves into. It's where you've got certain rules for how certain buttons should look and how they interact and things like that. And, and applications like Figma allow you to uh, be much more uh, disciplined on how you do that. There's, there's almost like a, a style guide that's built as you build your layouts and things so that at the end of the day, the team or the brand or whatever is using a very disciplined approach to the design system. And so that's where we found a lot of value. But the other one is the collaboration, the idea that multiple users can be uh, in a tool at the same time working. Almost like how there's peer pro programming where you've got two developers working on a similar set of files at the same time. Yeah, it's that collaboration loop of creating patterns that can be reused and then also having that space for like live commentary and feedback that uh, up until, I guess, a couple generations of like UX tools ago just didn't exist. And it was always like, hey, shoot the file my way. I'll review it and mark it up. But being able to like uh, like mark a CSS selector and provide a comment on that within Figma is just is fantastic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it speeds, speeds everybody up as well, just to, to piggyback on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the next thing we'll talk about here is 
uh, maybe some common headaches or things that uh, that you may run into when managing like a, a site build. So let's let's skip over app development for a little bit. In uh, most agencies, like when doing like an ecom site build out, I know the thing I hear all the time is like client asset acquisition. So getting all your product images, getting your product data, all that collected. What are some of the the headaches that you maybe have run into, and then some of your creative solutions for getting around those? Yeah. So um, let's see. There, there's a lot lot of pieces to that. Um, like in terms of just the, um, I would say this, I, in, in terms of like actually the communication of getting assets or work, you know, kind of integrating two teams. Um, we've, we used to have a lot of luck with Basecamp, but I think most teams are moving off of that and using, um, I would say Jira is probably the thing we're using the most in terms of a, a tool that both can be exterior facing, uh, actually I should reframe that really confluence plus Jira, something that can be exterior to a client facing side and also internally a way to manage those assets. Um, the, I mean, I guess the, the other thing that we use internally actually to just help version everything out, but be user friendly is we use a lot of Dropbox stuff, uh, in order to, you know, keep backups up to date and also to be able to monitor and build lock files down really quickly. Um, because there are certain, I, I think when any agency or group gets to a certain size, there's a certain amount of security you need to internally have, uh, to be able to even work on some of the bigger projects for some of the bigger companies. Um, so we do a lot of that. Um, you, what your question was it, was it more around also like, uh, content delivery networks and that kind of thing? Uh, no, not necessarily. I, th I think you perfectly kind of answered it by, by talking about like the Dropbox and, and using all of that. Uh, yeah. we, we found some luck with that. And then there's also the headache of at that other company, uh, if that person then leaves, like having like orphan Dropbox files and folders and all that, there's always the caveat there, but for the most yeah. part, Dropbox has been our go-to as well. Got it. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a time when everyone was like, let's get everyone one in on Git repositories mm -hmm. or or, um, you know, subversion. And I think I, I was definitely part of like, okay, yeah, I mean, we can train people up on this. Like they can, they can, you know, use terminal to commit their stuff. And like for, I think a, a UX and designer, it's just a bit scary to, you know, try to learn that. It's not a difficult thing to learn, but I think just the idea of them using the command line interface to get assets up to date and things like that is freaky. So I, I, we like, we like the, um, those little more, more turnkey. There's a, you know, either something that lives on your computer that automatically syncs the assets, which is ideal, or a really easy easy interface where you're uploading final versions of a certain thing. Um, but, and I mean, another place that it actually pseudo lives is we use Zeppelin a lot, which, you know, allows users to, uh, or I would say this, it allows developers or designers to both annotate their work, but also easily export certain assets to be able to build things quicker. And so sometimes Zeppelin's used a bit, almost like a, a bit of a file repository because there is versioning in that. But that's a little bit more cumbersome than, you know, say your Dropbox integration. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense to me. So back to kind of our, our regular format, the, the next thing I love hearing from agencies that we talk to on Content Plus Commerce is kind of your best, our agency got to be the hero story. Uh, so I would love to hear about 8-Bit Studios, kind of like one of your, your shining moments, maybe. Yeah, so where we, I, I think where we shine is we really, um, we view everything kind of on this curve of complexity or like we like to use the word as robust. So complexity meaning there are 
there are multiple platforms or there is multiple integrations or there's a, a large logic build out that needs to happen. So we've got this kind of like X, Y. So that's maybe the Y is, is how complex the thing is. And then on the, and then on the X plane, we, we actually measure this based on empathy, meaning how much end user knowledge do we really need to know to be able to do this effectively? So that's kind of like, um, you know, to me, there's kind of a, a couple different layers to look at that. One is, do you have a subject matter expert that really does understand the crux of the problem that's being trying to solve or the, the add-on to the, the, you know, the current thing that's happening? Or is it the case that we need to really identify what users are really going through in clever ways, you know, in terms of like anyone getting in a vertical? So a good example of um, where 8-Bit shines on that side is we worked with Echo Logistics here in Chicago which is a really large, they're one of the, um, I think they're at times the largest um, partial freight logistics company uh, in the world. So basically what they do is they work with trucking companies to look at trucks that are partially empty and sometimes fully empty, and they'll put uh, basically cargo or, or, or things in that truck. They've got basically a, a booking service that puts things to fill up that truck to go back to the destination it was going. So just it prevents these trucks from moving back and forth between destinations without um, a full full load, which also makes the trucking companies and else money. Um, but the reason why this story kind of kind of intersects is that it's the case that um, there is a new mandate that started. I'm pretty sure this year now um, that requires all um, commercial trucking companies to have digital trackers uh, in the trucks that basically track how many miles they're driving and how long. And part of the reason part of the reason that's in place is because as as um, as a driver, even if you you own the truck, you're only meant to drive so many uh, hours in a day where you're supposed to take a break, right? And that's just for safety reasons, but also um, you know so that people aren't overworked on the roads. And so what was kind of neat about this is we were creating this this product for Echo that allowed truckers to um, um, work with all these carriers and logistics platforms to be able to figure out where those loads are and to drive to the right places. But the other thing is to actually have the tracking in place. And so there was a, an assumption going into that project um, that uh, truck drivers would be quite resistant to this whole getting tracked all the time thing. You know, the government's watching me. But <laughs> what we did is is we're like, you know what, we, we really need to verify that that's the case because that really changes how we might approach these interfaces. So we actually went um, incognito into truck stops and the UX team uh, along with Echo sat in diners at truck stops and just had chats with people at, you know, while they're at the eating counters and things to talk about like what their feelings are about, about being tracked and, and have these really great um, qualitative interviews, which really restructured the entire way we approached solving the problem. So I think it, you know it's one of those cases that you really need um, to kind of marry that um, high empathy user journey with what ultimately might be a super technical platform where you're doing all these different integrations and integrating with an enormous um, logistics backend that that Echo's built from scratch. And so it's it's kind of like marrying that all together. It's not the case that um, someone is being overly prescriptive about exactly what's needed. They're kind of coming to us open and saying, "Hey, we need help." working out this product strategy product strategy uh, strategy for this this new um set of apps that we're going to we're going to do at echo 
I love that. I, I love that story of kind of guerrilla UX interviews where you're going and like uh, sneakily talking to, to actual users in the field. Like not many yeah. not many industries have that luxury. So it's really cool to see UX teams kind of taking advantage of like, oh, hey, we actually can talk to this specific user and find where they are. That is that's fantastic. Totally. Well, and the other funny thing is there was a few few of us that got kicked out of some of these truck stops. So it felt like, you know, it, you know we had some scar tissue. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, yeah, Good. but I, I would say that that was that's one of the signatures of the the bits the crew is is that there is a low tolerance for assumption here, which is really that's not something we culturally did. It just that the people that um, we have on the team here are just really strong, t- top to bottom. Even even I would say in a in a stereotype way. A lot of people think that well, developers just want really clear requirements, and you know they want this. Um, they want you know they want everything prescribed to them. I think that with our team, which special about our team is that we've got a lot of developers who are ready to challenge uh, UX and design assumptions right away, and and that's not from like a overcritical critique standpoint. It very much is a like we want to create the very best end user experience we can, and and. And there's a stakeholder there um, on the development side. So, so we're, you know, going back to that story, it, it's one of those cases that is very much that's how we approach all our products. We need to get at least a better truth than um, than what you know currently is the assumption, uh, and hopefully go even further than that. Yeah, and I think that's the mark of like an elite UX team is that hungry kind of inquisitive nature that challenges kind of the specs on paper or what the the Jira card says and says I'm going to go find the the truth from the actual user or from from the research and data that I can kind of scrape from wherever. Totally. Totally. Awesome. John, thank you so much for your time today. I think this is going to be a fantastic episode for our listeners. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. Really appreciate you uh, having me on. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.